Hey, everybody. Welcome to Investing in Cannabis. I'm your host, Brandon David. As always, as usual, another great episode. We have Matt of Arcadian, one of the most prominent investors in the industry. A lot of you know him. A lot of you probably have him as an investor. Fascinating conversation, but it's icy news. So we're doing editorial. We're doing the topics. We get into some great ones, uh, some classics like uh, the black market and legalization and politics, um, but some other things too about uh, how to be efficient in life and how to focus. Um, Matt's like getting a getting the pep talk you didn't know you needed from a coach at halftime. Um, it's exciting. It's fun. I think you'll like it. I learned a ton. You'll learn a ton. Tune in. Listen up. Get acquainted. Matt, thanks so much for coming to see me, man. Thanks so much for being here. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me down. It's uh, like you said earlier, one of the best things we can all do is just talk about this topic because people are dying to understand what's really happening. And your show has been doing that. I'm glad to be here. Well, that's the perfect intro to this because this show is candid, right? We've done the Investing in Cannabis podcast, you and I before, where we talked all about Arcadian. And we're going to get a little 30-second update on Arcadian in a few minutes. But this show is editorial. This is about your opinion. We've got topics here today. And we feel, producer Eric and I feel, there is a drastic lack of this type of content in the world. There is nobody in the cannabis industry that tells the truth. <laughs> so that's what we're here to do, my friend. And I hope you brought your bossy pants with you because I tend to get heated on this program. Perfect. I hopefully can uh, compliment some of your ideas and thoughts too. Yes. <laughs> but most of all, it's good to see you. We're in beautiful LA. Couldn't be more excited to chop it up. You're a great mind. You do incredible stuff. You have the fund Arcadian. It's grown quite a bit. We were just talking about sort of your new operational role there as opposed to what you used to do in the early days. Give us sort of the 30-second Arcadian update, what you're excited about, what this year looks like. Yeah, happy to. Um just touch on one topic earlier, the truths in the space, <laughs> yeah. because you're, you're right. But I, I think the other thing that we're experiencing is that a lot of people don't know what the truth is. And so how, how can you if you don't know what the rules are? In a lot of cases, these rules change on an active basis. So what's the truth today may not be next week. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, in an emerging industry, by definition, uh, it's not institutional yet. Mm -hmm. We don't know the rules. And that's where it we're all hoping this opportunity provides all of us that are in it today. Um, and so once we know exactly what the truth is and who is or who isn't, that removes a lot of the risk and removes a lot of the upside opportunity. So, you know, um, trying to put a positive spin on the fact that we hear a lot of things that aren't true. Um, but, you know, I do think people in this industry have a lot of great intentions and we're starting to figure out who those people are now. But the truth is you've made 40 investments? Definitely over 30. And are there any favorites in that batch? Is that like asking you which <laughs> kid you like most? 
I think that the industry is too early to tell. It's like all your kids are, you know. But some are trending better than others. I some know are, the but they're also later in their growth story. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And so they have a little more meat on them. And okay, you know what was your are. most recent investment? Um, well, we've probably done five or ten in the last month. I would say that the trend most recently for us is behind companies that are in a true growth cycle. Mm -hmm. we, we've been able to track revenue for a number of years. Mm -hmm. um, we, we can reverse engineer market share. We know how big they are of the opportunity for this industry today. And we feel like they're in a good position to uh, take on growth capital to get to a much more certain next phase. That's where we're starting to see equity dollars go. Mm -hmm. Anything mm -hmm. else is harder to raise or invest in or raise capital for. Um, and the other trend I would say beyond late stage proven revenue generating equity type opportunities would be debt and credit type structures. So mm -hmm. a lot of the bigger companies with assets and you know hard assets, real asset value are starting to find um, debt capital, at least at some structure. I mean, there's a formula that's finally working. Um, not a very attractive structure if you're somebody. It's steep. It's steep. It's steep but that's that's where we're but seeing it's out trends. There. Yeah, that's that's the two major trends right now. I'd mm -hmm. say mm -hmm. people people are less uh, excited to invest in <laughs> the blue sky, the future. Sure. What could be the truth? Well, we a lot of people know have been burned. A lot of people have been burned. Um, and the economy, although still very strong just has this little hint of like, hmm, it's been a while. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's going to be 2021 now. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, the economy goes in cycles. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, as hard as cannabis is being hit right now by taxation, overregulation, and any number of other things we're going to talk about later in the show, um, really, when you look at the overarching problem, I believe we're still talking about the black market. And when I see these crazy projections of what a state could be, right now the big state everyone wants to talk to me about is Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And they've got, a, they've got big numbers. But then I think back to what the projections of California were and what the projections of the other states were, and now I just simply don't believe the projections. Mm -hmm. Do you see that? I mean, when you think about the black market, it's estimated in California it's 60 80% of the market here. How much do you think about that in your investment thesis? Well, we think about that all the time. Yeah. It's, a, it's a great point, but I think it's bigger than that. Mm -hmm. I think you have to go a step further and you have to go to the reason the black market is even able to exist. Mm -hmm. And it's because we do not have institutional support in this industry mm -hmm. yet. Mm -hmm. If you look across all public cannabis companies, I think the number is around 2% on average institutional cap table support. You can't get past a glass ceiling if that's the case. Said another way, if we had institutional manufacturing, agriculture, banking, I promise you, that cannabis that people are buying on the black market will now have a price that's at a point where the black market can't compete. Yep. Said another way, um, if you're a cigarette smoker and if you had to go buy a pack and everywhere you went, they were $40. And I promise you there would start being people that pop up in your neighborhood selling you the same thing for 20 mm -hmm. And it won't change until 
All of these things we're seeing in this industry all go back to that very one same issue, institutional support. Once we get that, and we're so close in so many ways. And yet still yeah, but pretty far in some ways. But. I think it happens in 2020. Do you think that there is, clearly there is economic value in changing these regulations. Do you think there's still a moral implication among governments? Um, I think there's more of a moral obligation to do what's right now than ever before in human history. Is it perfect? No. We're not even close, obviously. But thanks to technology, thanks to people having voices, thanks to being able to sit in someone's you know, office and have a conversation on a whim and have people pay attention to it and share a story, yeah, people are being heard. And thank goodness people are being heard because they deserve to be. It's magical, right? It's magical. So politicians now um, are under more scrutiny and people have more reasons to get after them in ways to do that. So I do think that plays a role in this. Mm -hmm. Um, And I hope that as an industry, as we're building this thing, that we all choose to do it with that in mind. Mm -hmm. We have an opportunity to build a massive, bipartisan, good-for-everybody industry. Yeah. From the beginning, and we can do it the right way, while everybody else is trying to reverse engineer their businesses and their industries to think about female empowerment and minorities and the environment. I mean, we get to start that way. And so I do believe it's a perfect time in human history, actually, 2020 being, you know, perfect, clear vision and hindsight and all mm-hmm. that. It may be nature's 2020 joke, right? I mean, I think that we're in this period in time where people have been given this platform to speak and people are demanding higher quality life. Mm-hmm. And they're doing that through things like the, you know, vegan burger craze and, um, mm-hmm. you know, all these um, health and wellness initiatives. Mm-hmm. Cannabis and hemp just happens to be the most universal and widely adopted way with which to have a higher quality life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't have to drink alcohol. That's not the only way you can have fun in life. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what you've been told. Alcohol, Things are changing. I, literally, every year I get older, I like alcohol less. <laughs> and I'm not even that old, you know? <laughs> like, what does that say for the alcohol industry? They're so fucked. I talk about this all the time, but my little sister, who's a senior at Corona Del Mar High School, she says, like, the standard is to smoke weed. Nobody drinks. The standard is to get high, and then some people drink. Yeah. That's radically different than when I went to high school. Yeah. I went to... High school in the same place in Newport Beach, Laguna Beach, and everybody was hammered. Uh, and weed was like, you know, like the surfers kind of smoked weed, you know. Was it like that for you? What was weed like in your childhood? You know, um, I always get in trouble for thinking more macro, but you're exactly right. This issue, and, and, and I don't, again, not exact numbers, but on average, in the world, 7% of the human popu- adult population uh, has a, an interactive experience with cannabis. Mm-hmm. I don't know anybody. Granted, I live in California, yeah. in, in West L.A., which yeah. is super liberal. But <laughs> I'm from Orange County, which is actually not that liberal. It's a little more conservative, yeah. at least, than L.A. I don't know anyone that isn't touched by cannabis in some way. Yeah, I just don't. I mean, hyper-conservative old white dudes. Yeah are, you know, rubbing CBD on their neck. <laughs> well, that's the next point I was going to make, which is um, some countries are 2%, some are 14% on average for 
cannabis flower use. Mm -hmm. This has been around for tens of thousands of years. Mm -hmm. Everybody on the earth knows it in some form. So um, whether it was back when we were in high school and cannabis wasn't available and it was all just off the streets, yeah. you know, there were still 7% of the world and there still is today. Our job is to make people understand that good, effective, clean cannabis can be very beneficial in people's yes. lives and yes. can be a certainly better alternative and in most people's lives. With moderation. And moderation and regulate it and tax it, make it a business and mm -hmm. make it clean and effective mm -hmm. and do it the best way possible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that's still 7%. We're not in this industry to just legalize that. We are, we like it, we wanna make it better. But we're thinking about the other 93% of the world. What's going to be good for them, yeah. What's good for them. And you're not going to yeah. convince, if you had 100 people in this room right now, and you said, okay, seven flower users leave, how do we take this plant, hemp and cannabis, and make something that can benefit your life, okay? And that's what you just hint on, hit on, which is CBD on my elbow. Yeah, so it's, let's talk about these new all these factors, other form factors, the, these new products, right? So everybody keeps telling me that the beverage is taking over. And the beverages are coming. And look, I, I like them. There's a couple that I like more than others. I try them all. I buy them, try them, whatever. I meet these companies. They give me their drinks. Um, I think it's good. I don't think it's great. No. Well, that's if you had that room of 93 people. And right. there were some people in there that said, I would like to enjoy cannabis as a beverage. There would be a lot of people in there that would say that. But it's not functional right now. You can't drink something, have an experience an hour and a half later, and last for two hours. But some of them are, have faster onsets, which That's, is cool. That was the answer. That's what mm -hmm. they're working towards. Mm -hmm. So as a form factor to be functional, you still have to have quick onset, quick offset. And so there are a lot of technologies out there in the world, in Israel, and different places. We've been looking at them that are saying they can accomplish that. But I don't think we've really experienced one that's perfectly hit it. Um, Nothing is perfect, but I will it's getting say, close. and I don't know if I should plug them, but there's a couple companies yeah. um, that I've tried and I like quite a bit. And I actually think the solution is in very low dose stuff. It's low dose, mi micro dose. Somebody yeah. that really wants to get high. I mean, come on. I'm not going to sit around and drink, you know, three or four sparkling beverages to get high. You know, that's yeah. just not. Plus, it doesn't have the same impact anyway, like smoking yeah, it just has its own impact in itself, right? So these new form factors, we got the drinks. Obviously, vapes took a little bit of a hit, but I think they've largely leveled out. Like I think there was a few people that went and bought some edibles, or a few people that sort of gravitated towards the pre rolls. Maybe they got a couple of people got some sublingual strips or something like that. But what's the form factor that you're excited about? I mean, you're the dude with the money. So what what do you want to see in the world? Well, we want to see entrepreneurs make that case to us, first of all. Yeah. And they're doing a, a heck of a job right yeah. now. But I would say that... You sound like a football coach when you say that, by the way. You sound like you just like gave the speech on Sunday. <laughs> you did. Like, well, they're doing yeah. a heck of a... When you said they're doing a heck of a job, it was like you're... I'm going to blank on any University of Texas football coach, head coach's name, but... Yeah, I, I think it's just a... A Christian man from the South. Yeah, okay. Just sort of like a, yeah. um, you know, like just a, Joel a cowboy. Joel Austin. <laughs> He's phenomenal, by the so way. So I only know him because I like Kanye. Oh, wow. And yeah. he, and Kanye went and did Jesus is King. Yeah. At his, I went to Jesus is King at the forum. Did you? Oh, my God. It was yeah, so her, cool. Her Eric incredible. and I both went. I got in trouble for smoking weed there. 
<laughs> but again, that that going back to the form factors we like the most is is to me more about the molecule the cannabinoids in these plants that these plants produce. Mm -hmm. It's not so much about the vape pen. It's not so much about the flower user. Mm -hmm. People that want that experience already have that and they'll define that. But in terms of somebody that doesn't want to ever be in that place, doesn't like the effect that flower gives them, doesn't want to hold something in their hand and get that sensation. Ashes and whatever. Yeah. Or even the vape pen. I mean, they, yeah. they, may not, they may not enjoy cannabis's effect in that manner. But like you said, if you can take the plant properties out of it yeah. and figure out a way to, you know, play with them so they can onset and offset quicker and put them in different doses, isolate the molecule, combine them, yeah. you're, still, you're still, from a scientific standpoint, our cannabinoid receptors, you know, work really well with these things. So what I'm most excited about is not what's obvious. I'm excited about... What these entrepreneurs well, we and scientists are coming up with that we don't you even don't know. know what you don't know. We don't know what we don't know. This is almost like well, fuck yeah, man. That's a when great Steve answer. Jobs and Wozniak were in their garage building yeah. Apple. I mean, these guys understood. So, the what's the techno. coolest thing you saw recently? Give well, you're seeing pet now. food and and all kinds of pet supplements and things. It's going to change pet lives. Yeah, I mean, true in every category. Um, you know, we're seeing real pharma applications mm -hmm. like heart medicines because mm -hmm. cannabis is a phenomenal thing for inflammation, which ends up causing just about everything. But smoking is not. What? Good for your heart and for, no, 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 which no. is an interesting. Uh, but the that's right? why I like the molecules, right? The but that's an molecules. interesting note for people, right? Is because like we, sh you should start considering. Look, not that you have to not smoke weed ever, right? Maybe that's unrealistic, but just start considering like what percentage of your consumption is from what form factor. Yeah, I think that's a, a way to think about yeah. it, right? Like your diet, like maybe you should have a salad a day, um, something like level. Right. Um, level is this new form factor, pills, capsules, whatever. They don't pay me. I just like them <laughs> a lot. I just like Chris a lot. Okay. <laughs> I just promise they don't pay me. Um, <laughs> the 49ers don't pay me either, but okay. I wish they did, man. I'm pretty nervous for Sunday, to be perfectly honest. But anyway, back to our topics. Let me look at the topics. So these new product types, I mean, I don't like them as much as smoking, but I fully embrace your analysis of not only am I one of seven, I'm one of one, basically. Like my integration and consumption and everything. Yeah, connoisseur. Yeah, <laughs> That's a nice way to put it. <laughs> um, so along with the black market, unfortunately, the downside is not only that a lot of taxes aren't being collected. But unfortunately, a lot of these companies aren't making it right now. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of companies failing, um, a lot of layoffs happening. I mean, you sit on the board of a number of companies, right? How many companies do you sit on the board of? Well, one board fashion or another, a lot. Uh, a but lot. not all are main boards, advisors and observers and things of that nature. But, but you keep your head around oh, yeah. 30 companies yeah. all the time? Yeah, all the time. All the time, mm -hmm. right? What do you think about this trend? Is How is it playing out? I mean, what do you tell your companies? What do you tell your portfolio companies? Um, I think going back to something we talked about a minute ago, which is institutionalization hasn't happened. Yeah. And if you're in this business, you have to be in it for that because you're building companies for the inevitable. When does that happen? We talk, is it next year? Is this year? Is it two years? Well, what if you can't survive? 
But that's why you need private equity and venture funds to be in your business. Because when we finance a company, the best thing that can happen is that that company only takes the capital it needs for the next nine months, Mm -hmm. goes out and shows us, because we're involved Mm -hmm. every month, that they can take steps forward. And when things happen, which we expect in emerging industries, they can get around them. Does it take them two months, four months, six months to get past that hurdle? That's that's fine. We We actually like seeing companies challenged early. Because when it gets bigger later, we have to know how they're going to respond and also go through some fire drills together sure. to be prepared for that. Yeah. So, you know, I like this right now, but it, it, the game hasn't even started. Mm-hmm. That's what's going on. You had an opportunity with a so, system that allowed for people to get quasi-like institutional resources to form the Canadian market. It's gone now. So it's back to real investing. The best thing that can happen <laughs> is that we invest in a company and they come back every nine months for five years. That's Got the it. best scenario. Keep coming back. We'll keep feeding you. So Don't take more what happens, because you know you got a lot of portfolio companies listening to this. Yeah. What happens within that nine months when shit doesn't go well? Yeah. Then what happens? I'm in that dark alley with every company I'm equity in. Exactly. And so that's why I'm asking you the question. So we figure it out together. Are you just putting more cash in? I mean, in some cases, in yes. Some cases. In some cases, no. We, we will be there with every one of our companies through all of those times. And whatever the best solution is, you know, we'll figure it out together. They're all going to be different. Do we have to, you know, rally up with the founder and get everybody together and go out to the market and find one of our other companies to acquire it and do this or do that? I mean, there's a million options. But you're answering the phone because I'm not I'm not saying this about you. But you know that there are a lot of investors out there not answering the phone right now. Not if you're equity. No, I still disagree. Well, how can you? How, what do you mean, how can you? There's some very rich people in the world, and their thought process is, I'm going to let them muddle in it, and it's going to get even cheaper, and six months from now, the deal's going to be free, basically. It, I guess it, the better question for me then would have been, how can you if you are a fiduciary for other people's money? Well, that's a big word that's supposed to hold a lot so of So when people give me money as a manager, and I put that in an equity position in a company, no one makes anything until there's a distribution, and we don't know when that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So by taking that money, my job is to make sure I know where it is and I protect every single dollar equally. I don't, I don't use other people's dollars to kill people to go make a trade. That's not what equity managers do. You can't have a career that way. Um, you can do it in private equity. You can do it in the public markets. You can be a banker or broker or deal guy. Mm-hmm. But when you have a firm with a reputation, your responsibility is all encumbersome. Yeah, in order to attract the next Because it's all about the next round. Companies. The next companies. But the next unfortunately, round. look, I love that. I love what you just said. But unfortunately, you know not everybody plays by those rules, right? They don't, but the ones that do, we've gotten very close. There's probably 15 to 20 funds out there that are equity, that have proven performance, that we have... Yeah, they've all been on this ver- show, man. Yeah, we got a close relationship. <laughs> Why do you think it, it, <laughs> It's the same group that I interview and pay attention to and I'm around because dumb money going into big cultivations obviously wasn't going to work, no. right? Like We're not fucking but idiots. But now you have all of us sort of here, right? And all of us have 30 to 60 or 70 companies and multiple funds. The and only, now here's what we get to do. The only issue that I have, let me stop you. You guys don't actually have that much money. But you don't need it. 
uh, see, that's the thing. Like every one of, of these funds, and I can't speak specifically for you as I can't remember, but yeah. they all wanted to raise $100 million. Yeah. Right. How many of them raised $100 million? Well, pretty much of the top 10 or 15, like us, every one of us is between 50 to 200 million. Now, here's so the you're answer. getting there is the answer. But you don't have to be there. Yeah, but you, you realize that there's Here, funds in, in technology, in traditional agriculture that are billions and billions, you know? Because it's a bigger industry. You know, let me tell you how much, how much revenue did cannabis do as an industry last year in 19 worldwide? I don't know. Tell me. I think it was 10 billion. Let's mm-hmm. just use that yeah. number. Yeah, that's a good number. Okay. How much was in the United States? Um, well, I think California was about four. Yeah. And I think Florida was like one. And the other states, I mean, Washington and Oregon combined is maybe another two or three. Colorado's probably the same, a couple. We're, I don't know. We're, you're right on. I think I'm close. It's about 8.75 yeah. in, in, in America yeah. of the 10. Wow. Canada's 900 million. The rest of the world's the other four or five. Right. Folks. That is the cannabis opportunity. I don't know what you're talking about. Who's big? What's what? There's only ten billion dollars. Yeah, it's me just exactly what you just There's said. There's ten about billion the next. dollars, but it, but you, but we're, investors don't want to see that anymore. You don't get to blue sky. That's what the Canadian markets are built for. They're built for blue sky, and when that's gone, you you have to but get to fundamentals. Did you not just say that you're most excited about what's coming next? I am, but I have to invest as a fiduciary based on facts. Mm-hmm. We plan for the future. We strategize for the future. But right now in this industry, you have to come back to fundamentals. And that means if you're an agriculture business, you should trade on two to five times current revenues. Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. Because that's today's opportunity. Mm-hmm. For years, you get sold, oh, but we can go take this country and that, and this is going to happen. Well, you know what investors are saying? That may be, but we'll finance the companies based on what's reality. And we'll grow there together. You don't get to take that money. You don't get to do that until you get there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so there's 10 billion of revenue. There's 9 billion here. There's 4 billion in California. That's the opportunity to invest today. So yeah, there shouldn't be more than a few billion in equity in these companies right now. Mm-hmm. There just shouldn't be. Well, look, I, I don't know if anyone's put it quite that well. I'll tell you another way. On this show. A guy from is. CalPERS told me the other day, he's a friend of mine, done some deals in my, my career in the past. I think we're probably a few billion in real managed, you know, equity in America mm-hmm. it, that committed in companies. I don't know if CalPERS, if all of us fund managers got together and said, hey, all of us need this dollar amount. We're still probably not big enough for the biggest asset allocators. Right, right. They don't even take, do, they don't get a bid for less than a billion. So it's okay to be where we are. We don't have to be bigger than this. We mm-hmm. don't need to be. Those guys are going to be there. We're not even to private equity yet. We got to get through venture, prove out the companies, yeah, we, deliver them we to say private, private equity. equity but We're not even there it's yet. Not no, it's not there. It's not enough, but it's close. So it's back to finally being an industry that funds that are in these companies that are equity. They're talking to them every day, ready to build the winners, and that's what private equity does. Go back to ninety-five Google. Big money is like, listen, I I, I get it. The internet's going to be massive. But that doesn't mean the risk is taken out of it enough sure. for us to get in the game. Yep. Everybody looks like Google. Google doesn't even know who Google's going to mm-hmm. be in 95. Mm-hmm. 97, 98, okay, we're starting to figure this out a little bit. Like, but it's no longer just one-off investors. Now it's Andreessen and KKR and Sequoia. You're getting these bigger venture funds 
that get to go in when there's 15, 20 potential Googles left and say, okay, who are we all going to support? Because we got to now carry them through. This is past individual investors. It's past, you, you, you need venture guys to take and gals to take it from BCs to Ds. Once you get it to that point, now in 2000, 2001, 2002, you get the big correction because now you got private equity in, you're getting public markets, boom, it gets figured out. When does real big money enter? 2003. Mm-hmm. And you know what they say? I always knew there was going to be a Google since 95. Yep. But I didn't need to until 2003. And guess what? It's been a heck of an investment for us the last 17 years. Mm-hmm. But you have to build it properly. You can't skip these steps. When you do, it's a trade. Mm-hmm. It's just a trade. And we're not in this for a trade. So you don't have to name the company. What's the company in your portfolio that's at the most advanced position? That's tough. I asked the tough ones, my friend. <laughs> no. um, I know. You know, just to name a few. I, you don't I, have to name them. Just say, like, what's the furthest stage that they're oh, in? Oh, um, well, we've financed companies three rounds already. Yeah. I mean, we've done A's, B's, and C's. Yeah. So, we, you know, C, companies are in C rounds. Yeah. And the rounds are less important than to realize that rounds exist for companies to not take too much. Uh-huh. They, they just don't bite off more than you can chew when you're growing, right? So have a round, call it whatever you want. Yeah. Here's what I'm worth today. Yeah. Let's be comfortable with that. Okay, here's what I can be worth by the end of the year. Yeah. Fantastic. Don't take more money than that. Yeah. Let's finance you to there. When you get there, do another one. If things move quicker or slower, okay, let's do another round. Let's revalue the company, reset things wherever we are, and let's just take those steps forward. Do, do you think about check size, like how many checks you're going to write in a year and the size of those? Is that relevant or no? Not relevant, It really. was once upon a time, though, right? Yeah, if you're trying to get a position early, you know, to a certain degree, that still does make sense yeah. because it, it's still early and yeah. you can get a lot of positions. And, and you got to pencil it out. It's got to make sense early, right? Yeah, you but it's a lot of work, like, too. Fuck yeah, it's a smaller work. check. I mean, there's a reason why the bigger I tried groups to do it, are. I, know. I spent 18 months doing it. <laughs> it takes a lot. It's, hard. it's a lot of work. It's fucking hard. It's a lot of work. So you kind of max yourself out at a certain amount of companies, <clears> anyways, <throat> as a group. And uh, you, know, you got management fees based on committed capital. So you're constrained by however much you have, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, How do your LPs feel right now? They're feeling really great. Yeah. They're feeling really great they're because. feeling like things are getting cheap. Well, they're feeling like we had the right strategy. Mm-hmm. You know, we long told them we can't get comfortable around some of these assets. We don't know if these licenses are really worth that. I don't think agriculture and manufacturing companies can be valued at these. Three multiples. to five X. It's a three to five X current revenue. Nothing more about this future. Top line though. Yeah, top line. We EBITDA sort of, I think is an industry. So none we're not of this post two eighty E valuation nonsense. No, because it's easier to value. I think as an industry right now, just top line mm-hmm. across the board, and making sure. You know, some margin of error there, but by the time you get all the way through to EBITDA or something, too many, like, um, so, but they're valuing companies largely on future revenue. Everything's like, oh, here's what we're going to be into 2020. Mm-hmm. No, not only are the multiples insane, but so is the fact that you think you could break the future. See, but that's venture, right? See, this is the line. This is the line between venture. Venture is a lot of blue sky. It is. Because it has to be. But ventures go, even venture funds, as managers value an emerging industry, they go through their ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Right now, or actually, we're, a lot of companies are up 8, 10% mm-hmm. in the last few days. So, days, mm-hmm. so I think we're coming out. But we had one of these, 
And during those troughs, you know, you're, you're, you're going to get better terms and better deals. Is there a percentage of your fund that's public? Uh, I think three or four of our companies have gone public, but we're, you know, we invest you, in private companies. You started with them privately. Private. Yeah. We only do private Cause deals. there's like a law you can have like 20% of your AUM. I don't know. I, I looked this up as, as public if you want to, I think, depending yeah. on what kind of structure you have. But anyway, v- different uh, venture funds all also have, you know, venture exemptions that are different than private equity. And yes, which is the only reason that I was yeah. working towards it. Yeah. Cause I don't like tests and licenses. No, it's used to, that's not for me. Man. Yeah. Um, we take more risks. They got to give us a little more. So freedom. you mentioned politics a little bit. You brought up governments. We're at 30 minutes. It's fine. We got a few more minutes here. Getting good. It is. Um, we had the Iowa debate the other night with the Democratic uh, yeah. panel, as it is. What'd you think? Well, we can start with, I'm not a socialist. <laughs> um, and this is my show. And so, look, yes, we're in West LA, but the door's closed. So, yes, I'm not a socialist. I do think that if Bernie and Lizzie got together and were united, they probably could win, which is scary. That's interesting. Scary. Might be good for cannabis, but otherwise for me, scary. Um, Biden seems like he's going to die (laughs) on the stage. Like his dentures are going to fall out and he's going to pass out. That's how it feels. He can't even speak half the time. I love Buttigieg. I love his story. Military, gay, very reasonable. He has no shot of winning. Um, I like Bloomberg. I think he's a smart, rich, qualified dude. Mm -hmm. Rich does mean something to me. Rich means you figured life out pretty well. If that was your goal, you know. I don't know. What do you think? It's a good question. Um, I, I didn't follow it very closely. Well, we can start. Um, let me let me ask the inflammatory question first. How do you feel about Trumpito? Um, that's a complicated question. It sure is. And uh, you know, but from my vantage point, um, if he were to get reelected, yeah, uh, I see this industry as one that is without a doubt something he will have to address in those four years. Why? Because he um, will understand that he can't be in that office past four years. Mm-hmm. And I think this industry is too big, has too much economic impact, job creation, tax, all the things that make sense. Plus 90-something percent approval rating for medical cannabis. Mm-hmm. Too much support. I just don't think he leaves office being the kind of guy he is and lets the next president potentially set the stage for an industry that may last the next hundred years. Mm -hmm. I I just can't foresee him leaving without saying, okay, this is inevitable. Everything's there. Let's make it work for the way I want it to work for the people I like, whether that's good or not. I don't know. Well, it's also just a tactic, right? Just a strategy in the seventh, eighth inning. Yeah. You just say, Hey, Hey liberals, I like weed. What's it's up? easy. You know, I think it, I think before the election, he's going to have a narrative that is uh, in favor of medical cannabis federally. <coughs> I do. Mm. It, in fact, it's already legal federally. Uh, the FDA has approved a drug or two. So it, it's not even like it already the case. But I, I, there's no reason for him not to. So I ask the that. question again. The science, the economics are clear. 
how much of this is a moral debate if you're running for president of the U.S.? I think this is maybe one of the last bipartisan issues of our lifetime, potentially. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, everybody likes weed, man. And the medicine and all the things this everything, is. Everything, everything that it is. Everything yeah. about it. So it's just now mm-hmm. figuring out how they're going to put the pieces together. So who's the best candidate? What's the best option for weed? Cannabis. Do you say th- weed? It's cannabis, yeah. But, but do you? How do you feel about the, those names? It's cannabis to me because it's just it's the cannabinoid Business. molecules that yeah. are really it's what's bigger than weed. Weed is like a joint. Weed is yeah, like in your I, bong. I, I buy that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not necessarily in this for anything having to do with weed. Not that we're against it. We understand mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. it's very helpful and useful for pe- for a lot of people. Uh, but it's what the plant does. I and, use weed in a casual way. Yeah, like I smoke weed. Well, like obviously my show. <laughs> is investing in cannabis, right? I, I get that. Um, I thought about that. But there's a couple words I don't like. I don't like marijuana that much for whatever reason. It's kind of Mexican negative connotation, I find. I also don't like um, pot. That's a very old sort of yeah. hippie. Anyway, back to it's, what we were talking the about. The reason it's cannabis is because the industry is really cannabinoid industry. Yeah, but that's bigger. too much to say. Right, right. That's what's the, happening when you smoke it or industry. you put it on your elbows yeah. or... Take it into medicine. Like it's those molecules that are the science behind why anything makes sense. So I think, um, I think you might be right. I think you might have gone a little far with Trump's goal, but I think he's gonna hint around it. I think we could get a banking legislation. That's all we need I next year. If we get, get if we get banking for the years over, we could get a a decriminalization. I could see that. Yeah. You know, he could yeah. massage the edges with his big, sharpie executive orders. All they have to do is get the banking stuff in place. Yeah. While values are being reset in the industry. Yeah. And those will be the two things that bring institutional resources. Debt. We just need a lot of debt, man. But anything. I promise you, if Big Pharma tomorrow said, we're 100% into cannabis. Yeah. It'd probably be pretty shocking how fast legislation might turn right right i mean yes yeah banking, you're right it's but so institutionals across the board yeah as soon as we can get those two factors in they will come in and things will happen very quickly um so i want to end on what's sort of a more abstract topic but i love angel investing I love the idea of finding the diamond in the rough. A lot of the people listening to the show are entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs, as I call them affectionately. A lot of investors as well. People just thinking about weed, you know. And um, I just wonder to myself, like, are there angel investors left? Is it smart? to be putting 50k into a cannabis company right now and if the answer is no there's not many of them left is that music to your ears like (laughs) did you just become like the cool kid at the lunch table you know like because people kind of need you more than ever but at the same time like do you want to write that size check you know is that where you want to play anyway talk to me about angel investors it's a great question. Um, and the industry had been ripe for that for many years. Uh, I think that the industry is moving up the value chain 
and so too are the investors. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean angel investors go away. What that means is that you have to kind of look at what part of the industry has matured in what fashion and realize if you're going to go early into a company, what that means. So if you're wanting to put angel money to work, consumer side is where you should be. There, there's nobody has won anything over there yet. Right. If you're putting 50 grand and into you can get outsized returns. Yeah, because it, that returns. that part of the sector has a long but it's time risky to mature. As fuck, man. But so was investing in a cannabis agriculture business 10 years ago for 50 grand. Fair enough, yeah. You wouldn't do that now because you know you're you, it's already past you. Yeah. Yeah. And unless within that category if you're creating a widget to make some part of it a little bit better, but in terms of, you know, building out a supply chain, you're too late for an angel for that type of an investment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. if, you know, you look at different places and they haven't matured and you can get a company from an angel to an exit within a period of time on the consumer side, you definitely can. As you get towards B2B or B2C, maybe more difficult. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's a great answer. So there are still opportunities out there. Oh, gosh, we just countless. started. Countless. And actually... I really like to play that role. I often bring cool companies to guys like you and say, look, like, let's do some deeper analysis. I think this is dope. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this much. What Arcadian is committed to do is giving everybody a platform. Mm -hmm. Nobody will come to us with an opportunity. Yes, they may take longer than they want sometimes. And that's probably a function of us actually trying to hear everybody and be in everything. Everybody will be heard. Everybody will be heard. That's awesome. Just man. don't get frustrated with us if we take a long it takes time. takes time, yeah. People hit me on LinkedIn and yep. this and that oh and they God. hit our partners. LinkedIn is a disaster. But we, we answer people. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's our too. duty to do this. It takes me a long time too sometimes, but it, I answer. You know, if people can be patient, we'll keep keep doing that. But as long as it's not nonsense, you know. I mean, no, but you know, this industry is just beyond like I don't know, but I mean like it's like people people feel if you so can't close write incomplete sentences. I know. I'm I know. not gonna respond. Here's what we have to do though. I try to do with even people off the street is I try to meet people wherever they are in their journey with this topic. Because this is a it's sensitive topic, but you know, if you if people are so closely identified when they put themselves into this industry with the actual business, it feels like they have more into it than an insurance salesman or something. Like these people, how do you feel about insurance in this industry? Kind of a crazy wild card. Yeah, risk mitigation. You need you need inst you need institutional resources to really do that properly. Again, yeah. you know, we're kind of at that glass ceiling. Yeah, yeah. How can we help you, man? You've been so open and honest. It's been so great having you here. When people come to my living room, it feels extra special, I yeah. have to say. Um, how can we help? How can the audience help? Are you any company hiring for something? Are you raising money? Well, how can the audience help? Um, the audience can help by doing everything you can for this industry. I, I, we're all in it together right now. I don't need anything specifically. But if you can remember one thing, that is we are stronger together. Mm -hmm. This is so big. It's beyond the amount of money we're all going to make. This is a movement that we're fortunate to be in the middle of in L.A., in this, in this country, in this state, that where brands are built and lifestyles can be changed. This is the epicenter. We have a huge responsibility. Um, and we all know how big it's going to be. If we don't do it together, they will come burn us down. If we do this together, I encourage everybody listening to be collaborative. Find people you want to work with, do it together, and you will not lose.
Divided could be a different story. Well said. Well said. Football is a game of inches. And on this team, we claw for those. You remember that? <laughs> Al Pacino? Can't stop Any you, given you Sunday? Gotta, you're you're the man. Thank you for joining us. You got a Super Bowl prediction? Oh, man. Uh, that's a tough one, man. Go ahead. I, We're running out of time. What's your Super Bowl prediction? You know, I'll take Green Bay. Green Bay. And against who? Kansas City. Kansas City, Green Bay. Green Bay wins by a touchdown? Three. Three touchdowns. Three points. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Thank you. That's bold. I like that prediction. Thank you again. It's been so fun. Appreciate you taking the time. I hope you guys learned something. I learned stuff. See you next time.